0: Chuck Yates needs a job.
1: Chuck Yates needs a job. Hey everybody, welcome to the Chuck Yates Needs a Job podcast, episode Lucky Thirteen. Interesting about thirteen my mother, Sally Yates, my dear sweet mother, went into labor with me on Friday the 13th. She went, I shit you not, room 13 of the hospital, and she was in labor for exactly 13 hours before I was born Saturday morning at 4 a.m. So I've actually considered 13 a a lucky number. I like Friday the, uh, the 13th, but it, as you guys know, I'm weird and I'm kind of weird that way. But in the theme of luck we're really lucky today guys we've got chad spencer on hazelton advisors um, is his firm and chad is placement headhunter guru to the stars so chad glad to have you on thanks chuck
0: i am so glad to be here so i've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and we've hung out a few times but uh Really excited to add some value to your audience.
1: No, that's really cool. I'm glad you came in because it's like Chuck Yates needs a job. I could pay you a big fortune to sit down there. Instead, I invite you on the podcast and I'm total chicken shit. And I'm just going to pick your brain for the next 45 minutes. So sorry about that. (laughs) No sweat, man. I mean, I'm happy to do it. So pick away. (laughs) Well, and in You're really cool because, I mean, you're very timely in terms of just the shit show that our industry's been and all the mess going on and displacement and people. And I want to talk about that and talk about it seriously because you've got some great stuff to, to help folks out. But first, you and I have been talking and going back and forth. What is this Clubhouse thing? You got me on this app, Clubhouse, and I've joined... And I like hit a button, and all of a sudden I hear people talking and yelling and screaming. So I have no idea what this thing is. Tell me what Clubhouse is.
0: Yeah, so Clubhouse really exploded about uh, about uh, you know a month ago. So we're in January right now. About a month ago, it really exploded because some influencers, some social media influencers, really uh, really got on the platform and uh, started talking and and just I mean. Went crazy, right? And uh, it's a platform that, in my opinion, will become the new Facebook um, because throughout history, it's all been audio. Every how we learn is audio, um, you know, by voice. And so, it's a platform um, just like what we're doing here on the podcast. So it is a live twenty-four-seven podcast, so to speak, in which the audience can come up to stage. Um, So you have moderators, you have the stage and they can come up to the stage and they can interact with the moderators or the people speaking and ask questions and contribute. It's it's incredible. And um, I think a lot of great things are going to happen. It is invite only right now. So you've got an invite, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's invite only right now. And they're doing that, quite frankly, because they can't keep up uh, with the development. Uh, because it's growing so quickly. And uh, if they'll just let everybody in, the, their site would crash. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the next big thing. If you're not on Clubhouse, anybody listening, uh, try
1: to get on Clubhouse. So, so as I'm playing around with the app, it looks like there are quote-unquote rooms. And you go into a room, there are moderators, like you were saying, and there will be 500 people in a room. And it seems like there's a topic listed for the uh, for the room. Who's choosing the topics? How does that work? Yeah, so if you were to go in and start a room, you could pick the topic
0: of that room. And based on your followers, so you know, at this point we're talking, I've got about 1,400 followers. Uh, which is insane because I've only been on the platform for about two weeks. And so that just gives you a, um, an idea of what the, what the reach is like on this platform. I thought the LinkedIn reach was amazing, but this platform is stupid. So if I were to, if I were to start a room, I could name it like, you know, podcast or Chuck Yates podcast or whatever I wanted. And then all my followers would get notified that I started that particular room and they can come in and listen. And if they wanted to, they can, you know, uh, raise their hand and we could ping them up to stage. So it is the person that starts the room. They pick whatever topic. So I was on one last night on the guy named Perry Belcher, a uh, really great marketing guy, one of the best copywriters in the world. And uh, his room was entitled uh, how to sell your company for more than it's worth. Um, and so anyway, that and that you, you want to pick titles that really Hook people in and engage people and want to figure uh, want to know what you're talking about and speaking about um, and that that could be interested in that because the more people that go into your room the more engagement and the more it fuels that algorithm um, to
1: uh, show
0: it to multiple people outside who follows you it's pretty cool.
1: Well, and what's wild looking at it is just the folks that are on there like Mark Andreessen who. I was a big, huge fan of, for those of you who didn't live through the dot-com bubble, I mean, he was one of the real big first kind of pioneers. He's the one that wrote the uh, web browser called Mosaic, and he took Netscape public. And I can't remember exactly what the details were, but it was one of those just holy cow type history type moments. Netscape went public at maybe 17 a share and the stock didn't trade for like an hour and a half and the first trade was at $87 a share i mean that was you know at the time obviously it was a bubble and the and the like but it was just holy cow and i think i think mosaic may have had 25 cents worth of revenue at the time i mean it was one of these just cra- it was it was the first real moment i remember cuz i was an investment banker at stevens at the time and it was one of these holy cow type We're in a brave new world. This is crazy. And so anyway, he was the co-founder. He wrote the code. I don't know that he was CEO, but I mean, he was kind of the man there. Um, Bill Gates goes away, figures out that the Internet's going to be the biggest thing, embeds Internet Explorer into everything Microsoft does, wipes out Netscape. I don't even know where it wound up. I mean, if somebody bought it or something. But at the end of the day, Mark's gone on to be just an incredibly prominent venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. He's on there leading discussions. Uh, the other day, Jewel joined. I just, you know, just what she popped up. She joined uh, my rapper friend, Tanila Moore is on there. She's holding, uh, she's holding um, rooms all the time about world peace and all this. It's amazing. Who 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 have you seen on there?
0: Yeah. So um, I was moderating a room the other night. uh, And when I say moderating, I was, I had the green button. And so I was on stage with the green button and uh, I I look up and Paris Hilton is right next to me. And so uh, Paris, yeah, Paris Hilton is, uh, is in the room with me and talking uh, on this. And then I look at, because I get a notification when somebody follows you and Paris Hilton followed me. (laughs) no way yeah yeah so I mean look I I I don't know much about Paris Hilton just her name but um, you know I thought it was cool and she actually sounds like she's pretty smart uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint Um, and uh, and so yeah that's who I uh, that just the first name that comes to mind as a you know celebrity that I was talking with the other night
1: oh that's cool anything the one thing and i i promise um because i told you i was gonna do this i'll start spending more time on it have you seen much of an energy bent to it i haven't seen much in the way of energy on it
0: no i haven't at all and um you know kelly's on it you know my partner right and uh you know he basically uh comes in and and you know he's a financial guru uh, when, you know, when talking to these things, but we haven't, I've wanted to start an energy focused room and, you know, we can definitely talk about that at some point. I think it'd be a huge hit, um, for people as they come on. I, I just think a lot of energy folks, at least out there at this point don't really know about it. And so I'm glad we're talking about it. We can get more of the energy community on clubhouse and so that we can do rooms, um, to really add value and help people out and just have a discussion about what's going on in the industry, so and I shot DRW. A, uh, um, uh, I know he was on your podcast, or you were on his podcast. I shot him a note. And I invited him to the platform, so he hadn't ac- accepted yet. But maybe after he uh, hears this, he'll accept it, and uh, we can we can start doing some
1: rooms. So if I'm sitting here and thinking through the social media platforms, and I'll just pick two of them, you know, Twitter, 140 characters, snarky back and forth type stuff. I think LinkedIn, kind of more thoughtful and and the like. Is there a tone that you have detected? I mean, is Clubhouse yelling and screaming at each other? Is it civil discourse? Does it matter who the moderator is? Any sort of sense for what's going on on Clubhouse now and maybe which direction it goes?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, As far as the tone, it just depends on the room. I mean, I've been in rooms where... Um, it's just, a, you know, it's a, it's a bash fest of, you know, I go out of those rooms feeling like, uh, I'm a terrible person for being, you know, uh, grown up and, and the way I grew up and things like that, <laughs> right. and, you know, the, the fact that I'm a man and things, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's bashing groups that goes on, uh, in the, in some of those groups. And so, uh, but other groups is very civil, uh, and it's just talking about business and, uh, and th- those are the groups that I really like to your question about the moderator. Yeah. I I actually know a moderator, her name's Joe Dean. And I think you were in the room uh, with us the other night and she whole, I mean, she's an amazing moderator because here's the thing if you bring a bunch of people on stage and everybody wants to speak at once and everybody just, you know, starts rambling and rambling and rambling for like 10 minutes at a time, like you can't have that. Like it slows down the room. It doesn't feed the algorithm. People start leaving, uh, your room and that's not good, uh, for engagement and things. Um, and so uh it is very important to have a moderator that doesn't matter uh, excuse me that does not have a problem uh with people not liking them <laughs> so to speak gotcha. and just cutting them off right when they're rambling too much and say look hey did you get your question answered okay we got to put you back down to stage um but i love the platform because nothing's recorded and so anything goes pretty much um and uh you know it, it's it's just a as far as uh, uh, the rooms and things, you know, you can pretty much say whatever um, you want and people are pretty civil about it.
1: Oh, very, very cool. Very, very cool. We could probably sit here and talk this the rest of the day, but actually I want to hear about your day job because, you know, as you know, energy business, COVID just like a lot of things in this world, just whack the hell out of us. I mean, it really, if I was talking last night, uh, recorded a podcast with Energy Credit, and we were talking about how January of 2020, I thought oil by the end of 2020 was going to be at 75. I really thought we had peaked U.S. production. You know, we'd finally, you know, we were the boa constrictor that caught the goat and we had finally digested the goat somewhat, supply and demands imbalance. The only thing that solves that higher price and boom, COVID hit, destroyed our industry. Don't need to to relive all that, but a lot of folks out there, out of a job and are sitting around. So Chad, you got some good words for us? When
0: one door closes, three doors open. I like that. That's all I can say. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, throughout my life, you know, doors have definitely closed on me but I figure out how to go open three. And so if you just keep that in mind that, you know, maybe the, maybe this, this should have happened a long time ago, or maybe you had wanted to try something different. I mean, I've got a friend um, that uh, is about to uh, get let go and he's an insane barbecue. I mean, like barbecue guy, like if you try this guy's ribs, it is absolutely incredible. And you know, he, but he's been working a job for a long time. But this is now an opportunity to start a barbecue venture. And I know he could get some backing. And so anyway, I, I, I try to look at it. I know it's really, really hard to look at the, um, the good things when you're let go or you're looking for work. But man, there is something out there that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, that you were called to do, that maybe this is the opportunity to do it, or at least try it. You can always go back and get another job if you're out of work. but um you know, I, I just I try to look at all the positives um in that. But look, to your point, the industry has been absolutely crushed. our business as a whole. so my my firm, Hazelstein advisors, um we place primarily in the energy business and uh, upstream, midstream energy services. We don't do a whole lot of downstream, but, uh, uh, especially our upstream business has been, um, pretty much non-existent. Uh, and it's, we've had to pivot, you know, uh, I could have looked at that like, Oh, what was me and things like that. But we pivot into solar, you know, um, you go where the money is you see all these private equity firms and they're raising solar
1: funds and, uh, and there's, there's a reason for it, you know, you know, it's uh, interesting. So that's why interesting. You said that. And, uh, because Land guy, really good friend of mine, got let go, sitting there uh, talking through things. I kind of, off the top of my head, made the same thing. I kind of go, isn't a solar or a wind project? Same thing. Don't you have to go out and talk to Farmer Bob and Lisa's ranch, uh, his land, cut a land agreement and the like? And my friend was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I tracked down a buddy who did solar and uh, wind-type projects and started talking. And yeah, it's exactly that. It's a bunch of old land guys um, that that are kind of project coordinators on on that stuff. And so uh, one of the things I think when I get asked that question, and I got it yesterday, do I stay in the industry? Do I leave the industry? And what I say is, if you got a new way to do something... You know, you've got skills you've built. You know, can you morph those in some way to either do oil and gas a new way, use those skills to your point, solar, wind, the energy transition? Because you're right, a ton of money is flowing that direction. Then, yeah, stay in the industry. Because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to stop driving cars, right? I mean, we're not going to, yeah. you know, as much as uh, I'll get off my soapbox here, but I always, Tell my son, because my son, 18 years old, goes to college in Massachusetts, might be a borderline communist, and you know has, has had the greatest life on the planet, financed by the oil and gas business, is so anti-hydrocarbons, and we have these discussions, and I'm always like, you know what, you could shut all the oil and gas companies down tomorrow. And he goes, really, how? And I go, don't use hydrocarbons. Don't use energy. Get off your iPhone. Don't get in your car and drive there. Walk. And it would shut it all down. So anyway, that's, that's kind of what my message is, has been to folks is, is, and it sounds like we're kind of in a similar light, whether you lose your job or whether you're sitting in a job deciding where to spend your time. Because if you're 30 years old, that's your equity. You know, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, whatever your job's going to be is, think of a new way to do it you know, open that other door. So I really like your, your sentiments. Um, if you're talking to somebody, hint, hint me unemployed, (laughs) (laughs) just come out and say, yeah, hint, hint, hint me unemployed. Give me like two or three pointers of stuff I should be doing to find my next gig. And, uh, you know, to the extent you can avoid the cliche of call everyone you know you know stuff like that what what are maybe two three things you know folks should be doing that maybe people haven't heard or haven't thought about yeah absolutely man it, it is
0: so um, it is so important for people to differentiate themselves from all of their competition which is fierce uh, right now in the marketplace so here's the thing and I, i'm not going to go debbie downer here for a minute but i just want to tell you kind of but be real what, i think yeah I think what you're what you're going, what you're going up against yeah yeah what you're going up against right now so if you're out of a job right now um, and a company is looking for a person they are not only looking for people that are, are out of a job uh, they are also looking for people that are currently working in their job that haven't been cut now say what you want about having been cut it just it is what it is you know they 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 basically went through and and uh, um the company decided to keep them all right and so i know that that's a touch, touchy subject subject people say oh they played the politic game and things and i get that um but at the end of the day they're still working and so those people are now open to new opportunities because um of their company there's unrest at their company. And so. Not only are you going going against other job seekers, you're going against people that are currently employed. Um, that unfortunately, there's a bias against, and that's the real point. There is a bias against people that are currently working as opposed to people that are out of work. Shouldn't be right, but it just it is the way it is. But my high, my recommendations, and I'm just looking at your as we're speaking right here, Chuck. I am just looking at your LinkedIn profile. Oh God! And so the Played first on thing. Me. Yeah. The first thing you need to do, um, and I'm not going to go into quick detail yet, but you have to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Okay. What optimize optimizing your LinkedIn profile looks like is is your cover photo. And so there's a resource called canva.com, C-A-N-V-A. You can literally go in there and you can, you know, put things on your LinkedIn profile to Tell people how you want them to contact you, and so things you should have on there. You should on your cover photo. You should have your email address. You should have your phone number, and you should have some bullet points on how you can add value to a company, and um, and so that should be on your cover photo. Again, Canva.com. It's a free resource. Um, you can go. Uh, you can go optimize your cover photo. Then and another real quick, thing,
1: real quick, Chad, because yeah. I mean we are at this point in the world, social media and the like, where LinkedIn's the first thing folks go to, right? They get a resume, they hear a name or something. They're going to LinkedIn. Is that true?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So, yeah. So if your LinkedIn profile is not optimized and it just looks like garbage, which, look, 90, I don't say that, like, to offend anybody, 99% of the people out there, their LinkedIn profile looks terrible. Okay. and so you have to you have to think about a linkedin profile as it's your public resume i mean it really is and um you know it, if you go to a person and uh, they don't have a photo or it's on private mode so it comes up gray uh, especially when you're looking for a job you know that, that's going to turn off the hiring manager a little bit and that's going to turn off like me as a a person hiring that's going to turn me off but If you had a nice cover photo optimized, a nice professional picture, I'm going to go into that in just a second. Um, And then what I like most and what people do not put, and Chuck, you should put it because man, you donate to everything. You give your time, you give your money and like, you know, things you're involved in volunteer experience. And uh, if you go to my profile under volunteer experience, you see everything that we're involved in and people look at that stuff. You know, if if you're looking for a job and you've just donated to Small Steps Nurturing Center or your big one Youth Development Center and you're the hiring manager that gives to that and you see this person looking for an opportunity and they also donate maybe their time or their money into it, isn't that going to have more of an effect on you and you're going to wanna talk to that person more than just somebody that you don't know anything about? So, um, you know, those things and then uh, references. So references uh, on your profile, underneath your profile, they're called recommendations. If you can go out and you can uh, get a bunch of recommendations on other people that say good things about you and that can be on your public forum, I would highly recommend that. And here's a tip on how to get recommendations. Go give 10 recommendations without somebody actually telling you or without asking somebody to give you a recommendation. Just go give them go give them a recommendation and do 10 of those and watch how many people uh, give you a recommendation uh, in return. It's the law of reciprocity. There's a great book called Influence, and uh, it tells you all about it. But that's what I would say. You have to optimize your LinkedIn profile. There's a bunch of strategies around that, but uh, that's the number one thing.
1: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. What else do uh, folks need to be doing?
0: Yeah, so they really need to be following all of the hiring managers that, um, you know, like, like if you're a reservoir engineer, and you're out of work right now, and uh, I mean, you should be following, you know, you can try to connect with them. But there's a, there's a follow button uh, under more and you can just go follow the people on their profile. And so anytime they post content about their company, about themselves, whatever it is, you can go engage with their content. So go follow all these hiring managers like Again, if you're a reservoir engineer, maybe it's the VP of engineering, maybe, or maybe it's the VP of reservoir engineering, maybe it's the reservoir engineering manager, maybe it's the CEO. Go follow all those people at the companies that you want to be associated with, like that you would love to work for. Maybe they're private equity back, maybe they're public company, whatever the case is. If they post, if they post content and you start engaging with their content and then tagging them in the comment section of the post, they're gonna get notified. And then when they get notified, they're going to go to your LinkedIn profile. It's going to be optimized. And then they may reach out to you. Or if you reach out to them cold, they're going to already know who you are because you've been engaging with their uh, with their content on LinkedIn. And so that's kind of a LinkedIn hack uh, to, you know, people don't just post stuff on LinkedIn. Like, for instance, Chuck, you don't just post your podcast on LinkedIn just to post it. Like what you want is you want engagement. So a lot of people go out there and they will, you know, like, you know, they'll get a bunch of likes, but no comments. If you can be the person that comments something interesting on a person's post and then tags them. So all you do in tagging is just the at symbol and then start typing out their name. It tags the person that posted it. If you can do that, they're going to get notified and you're going to get a lot of visibility uh, because, you know, when you get they don't get notified with a like. They do get notified with a comment and a tag. So that's what they need to be doing to all of their prospects, uh, or all of the hiring managers that, uh, that they want to be, you know, that they want to, uh, uh, get a job with, or, or, you know, network with about potential opportunities. So
1: that I was about to just say that that's old school networking, going to all the cocktail parties, the industry functions, bumping into somebody chatting with them for a while. Cause not only it's almost your free interview, right? I mean, they post something about X, Y, and Z. You get to make a comment about it. And I I would think the home run is they go back and forth with you a little and, and have this positive engagement. It's the same as, you know, hitting it off with somebody at a, at an industry function, sitting next to them at lunch. Hey, why don't we change business cards? Why don't we talk? So, Mm -hmm. wow. The world has really changed. I haven't, Uh, You know, because I I graduated uh, business school in um, 94 and joined Stevens and then was with Stevens for seven years and then joined Kane Anderson in March of 2001. So I haven't done a resume in 20 some odd years. <laughs> so this is, you know, this is one,
0: one quick tip for Chuck Yates, because you did selfishly ask, uh, you know, how you, how I can help you. Uh, one tip is I'd probably get a new LinkedIn profile that doesn't have a Santa hat and you're not chunking deuce on it. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go into detail on that uh, a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, fair. that's for all your audience too. definitely have a, a, uh, uh um, A profile picture that uh, that is professional, everything. And what what uh, a good hack for this is to get up against a wall. You don't have to get a professionally done photo. You can get up against the wall with a suit jacket on, what something like that, and then you can go into Canva, take that photo that you just took on your phone, go into Canva and take the background out, and then just put a blue background on it. It's an easy hack that saves you 100 bucks or 150
1: bucks on professional photos. And it's amazing the quality of the Apple 11. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's stunning in terms of how good photographs are. So that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. The, the other side of it, and you know my buddy Fish, uh, best friend Fish, yep. and actually episode one of the podcast, Fish came on, and we talked about both of us getting fired and sort of what we had gone through and, and sort of the emotional side of it. And I thought Fish was really thoughtful and really forthcoming about just the need for connection and how just important that is. And, and you know, I felt that, too, in terms of I went through my whole Brene Brown dissertation about at the end of the day, you know, a man's sense of self-worth comes from our ability to fix things and man you lose your job suddenly your means to be able to fix things is gone and uh unfortunately the only way to get past that shame you're feeling is to talk i mean and that's the hardest thing for for sort of the men sort of men to do so anyway fish and i talked a lot about that what do you see in terms of of working with new candidates on sort of that emotional side, the human side, any sort of pointers for folks out there, maybe some to-dos or things to be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I would say you got to stay active,
0: right? Um, You know, your here's the thing. Your new job is to find a job. That's what it is. And so if you got up every morning and went to work at 8 a.m., your new job is to get up every morning shower shave do whatever you do and start looking for a job at 8 a.m what i see a lot of people do is they kind of drag themselves out of bed have coffee don't shower you know do and just all right get the day started at 10 11 12 o'clock and you can hear you can hear it in my voice right now that's kind of how you know things it's it's tough right you you just got a huge blow you know your right. your uh your your pride has just been just um you know it's just been taken away from you when you get fired and and um i'm not going to sugarcoat it at all it sucks right. but you have to figure out a way to take yourself out of the dumps you know you have and staying active is you is that way i mean working out like that's a really good thing to do um that's what you know, I do. I, I, I hate it. But, um, you know, we do CrossFit and I hate it. But every time I'm finished, I feel energized. I feel ready to go. Um, but I, I just think if you get into the routine that you, you know, don't get your day started till 10, 11, 12 o'clock, maybe you look at job boards for an hour or so, um, kind of kick tires. If you get into that kind of lazy mentality, it's just downhill from there. So you, it's really important to start off um, after you've been fired, start off. Like I just said, a lot of people, well, you know, I'm going to take a few weeks off. Okay. So they take a few weeks off. They maybe got a little severance. They take a few weeks off and then I'll start my, uh, I'll start my search, you know, three weeks after. Well, I've seen people go years without starting that search the right way. So you really, if you, if you do anything at all, optimize your LinkedIn profile and start reaching out to your contacts that you have, and start following you know f- future prospect or prospective employers right off the bat. Do not take any time off. You take time off, you're going to get in this lazy uh, mentality, and it's not going to be good. So well, uh, well, I have some uh,
1: yeah. No, that's that's old school. Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. I mean, you play the way you practice, and so. If you want to go get a new job, and you're going to half-ass it, and you're going to show, like you said, show up at noon and and the like, that's how you're going to play. I mean, that's how you're going to interview when you go in, and you're going to. That makes perfect uh, sense to me. You know, my moment kind of like that was not losing my job, but it was actually unfortunately separation when uh, when Kim and I, Kim and I separated. And I moved into corporate apartments. And I don't know why I did this because Admiral McCraven had not made his speech at the University of Texas yet. But I just decided I'm going to make my bed every morning, you know, because left to my own devices, I'd never make my bed. I'd leave my clothes on the floor and all that. But I just said, for some semblance of normalcy, I need to make my bed. And so that was it. I'm. I woke up in the morning. I made my bed. And you're right. It kind of put you in the mindset of, okay, I need to go work on my marriage. I don't need to be laying around in bed feeling sorry for myself and the like. So good stuff, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So what? Else, so so what? Are the, so you're working uh, with folks placement and. Uh, lot more time and kind of what I'll call energy transition, renewables and the like, probably less in, in oil and gas, but what else is the firm up to? Yeah. So we're actually, uh, uh, so we started, we really got
0: active in, in, uh, our private equity part of the firm, uh, in this last year. And so we think there's a lot of opportunity, um, out there and it kind of started, um, you know, my, one of my partners, and you know, this Chuck, I mean, with ESG and everything, a lot of the big institutions, the typical institutions, schools, things like that in their charter, they say they can't invest in oil and gas anymore. Okay. So how do you, if you're a fund, how do you raise money? Well, kind of look outside the box, you look at different industries. And so we're looking at tech, we're looking at Amazon, Um, you know, we're going to be consolidating some Amazon brands. Um, These guys spit out cash flow like nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting business. If you have a great operator, you can do really well. So we're we're looking at a lot of deals right now on the private equity side. A friend of mine, uh, his name's Kelly, and you know Kelly, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, we had this idea about three years ago uh, where they were looking for energy deals, and there's still plenty of money um, to uh, plenty of money to make in oil and gas, as you know. And um, actually, doing some stuff in East Texas right now, about to drill a well there, but it's. Uh, you know, you have to diversify, you have to look at other deals. And so we make a one, two punch. He's a financial guru. He started out in investment banking. He's at a hedge fund for the last 18 years. And, um, so from a finance standpoint, that's great. And from, you know, how I kind of fit into the mold is I'm the deal guy. I bring the deals and, uh, evaluate the deals and, uh, so, uh, and network with the guys out there to, uh, to back. So, um, that's, that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, we haven't raised a fund yet, Uh, it's just been, you know, deal by deal. Uh, but that is something that we are looking to do is, uh, is raising a fund. And we think we can provide our investors with a nice rate of return uh, on some of these businesses that kind of fly under the radar that, you know, the typical institutions don't look at.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. I know you and I had, me, you and Kelly had, had lunch one day and that was kind of an eye opener to me. Um, of you guys talking about looking at deals and how you go through and you kind of you know piecemeal financings together for these deals and it it was it was cool kind of stuff and it made a lot of sense. I mean his background, you interacting with people, understanding placement, understanding marketing. You know, I mean the what I thought was really neat was you sitting there talking about we found this business. And if we do this marketing-wise, there's a real opportunity to take the business to the next to the next level. Because, you know what? what, And it's so. Heart's oil and gas for their conference. They're filming me this afternoon, and I'm going to get up there and talk about oil and gas. And I'm basically going to say shale was a bubble, and one of the one of the stages of a bubble is you invest in it because you believe it's going up. And it disconnects from the actual underlying fundamentals. That's the bartender becomes a landman and starts flipping flipping uh, leases. And what struck me kind of sitting there at our lunch is I'm like going, no, nah, these guys are actually looking at a business and have a real idea on how that business is going to operate better, as opposed to just, you know, the latest hottest thing is X. And we found one. So kudos. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, you brought up marketing. I mean, we could
0: talk about marketing for the next hour. I mean, that's something I'm par- passionate about too, because quite frankly, I saw, I was looking at a private equity firm last night and uh, when they, you know, they back, they have a portfolio company, 30 companies or and they're all tech, they all sell a product or a service. And out of those 30 companies, probably 28 of them didn't have a Facebook pixel on their site. Uh, and so I know just with that thing right there and the retargeting that you can do on Facebook uh, and other platforms, I mean, I'm just talking about Facebook. I mean, you can put a LinkedIn Inside tag, you can put Google analytics on the site, um, just in the retargeting and keeping people warm. I mean, I can take a business that doesn't have that and really improve it revenue wise um, just with a couple of little tweaks, and so we're looking at opportunities like that that we can really improve from a marketing standpoint. Um, because a lot of guys they don't even they don't even do some of this stuff.
1: Yeah, which is which is I'm sitting here going, oh, that's crazy. How can they be in the business? I didn't understand half of what you just said. And I consider myself pretty smart and, and, and sophisticated and the, and the like. And so I'm making this mental note. Okay, I had Chad on to talk about how to find a job maybe after the podcast is done. Hey, Chad, that marketing stuff, What maybe? what can we do there? So very, very, very cool.
0: Yeah it's it's interesting stuff man and i again i could talk marketing forever and i'm i'm happy to help you in any way i can and um you know taking this podcast from you know uh taking this podcast is really blowing it up i know you got some really great guys behind you but um you know there's there's just so many companies out there um that could uh could do better <clears throat> with just a few tweaks on the marketing side um so anyway
1: yeah brings it uh brings it back to kind of what we were, were talking about earlier, you know, hey, you got a new new way to do oil and gas, stay in the business and go create some value doing it. If you don't have a new way to to do it, man, get out cuz it's not re, uh reversion to the mean here and you know, same is true with your marketing, you know. If you're going to if you're going to be a finance company, a tech company and you're not going to do that, at some point you're going to pay the price. I mean, you just are. So, yeah. really Really cool and it's been fascinating because you and I have talked more about it than uh than we just did. Five, five, four,
0: four, three, three, two, one, 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 one. Time to dust off your iPods and check out these songs from tonight's guest.
1: Let's do this. So here's kind of the curveball I threw at you. And uh, I will give you your props. You you responded pretty well. I'm asking all the guests that come on to give me a playlist. And the thought is, what kind of music you talk or you listen to? What it means to you? Why'd you create the list you did? Might give some insight into folks beyond. Oh, that's that really good dude that said my picture with the uh, Santa Claus hat sucked on LinkedIn. You know, we're we're, we're you know we're gonna uh, you know it 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 gives some insight on that. So you know if you're cool with it, I'd love to hear who's on your playlist. Why are they on your playlist? And let's talk about some music.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, Chuck. Um, I, I'm so glad you're doing this because. Uh, my podcast, I mean, I've been in oil and gas, right? And, I'm, you know, you think the country and things like that. Although I love the Texas country, I grew up on it and everything. I don't have one Texas country or Corey Morrow or Pat Green or, you know, Jason Boland song on my playlist. And so <laughs> I probably should. Um, but when you hear my playlist, you're probably going to laugh me off the, uh, off the podcast here.
1: Let on us. Who's number one on the podcast? I mean, on the right. playlist. No, number one is, uh, you know, there's
0: no better than Freddie Mercury, in my opinion. And so I think the best song that's ever been made, like ever, 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 is Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Nice. By o- far. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I'll give you, I will uh, I will give you that. The, you know, there, there are kind of two interesting tidbits I know about that song um, one, it was recorded on the same piano that Paul McCartney recorded yesterday on. Did you know that? Wow, it was no, a, I didn't i and and I've never heard the backstory on you know how that worked because obviously the Beatles were recording at you know the Apple Studios or uh you know in London. and then I think if the movie's correct, Queen recorded out at, you know, some ranch house, this whole album. I don't know how the piano made there, but I have read that, that uh, same piano, which is just stunning. I mean, literally you put it, you put Bohemian Rhapsody number one. If somebody put yesterday, number two, I don't think anyone's like going, those guys are smoking dope, (laughs) you know, they disagree. (laughs) And then the, the second thing, and this, this is really cool. Because uh, I saw an interview the other day with uh, Mike Myers. Because obviously, Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Well, had That's a- where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, well, you tell your story. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just like how this song even came about was. I, you know, the first time I ever heard the song, it was in a white pinto. Like I was watching Wayne's World, and uh, Mike Myers in a white pinto, and they're going around, uh, and Al, Bu- you know, they're ordering food from Al Bundy, uh, and then. <laughs> It was just absolutely hilarious seeing these guys rock out. They're like seven deep in a pento and rocking out to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It was one of the coolest things ever, and I, I've loved the song ever since. But my dad—quick side note: my dad told me about uh, the the time he saw Queen in Houston. It was back in the '70s, and Queen was opening for the Eagles.
1: Oh How wow! How badass
0: of a concert would
1: that be? Wow, that that that's really cool. The, the part of that story about the Wayne's World movie that I heard is Mike Myers you know wrote the movie. He actually did that with his buddies. I mean, they sang Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's why it was in there. And um, the producers of the movie actually wanted it to be a Guns N' Roses song. Because they were like, hey, Guns N' Roses, they're hot now. Nobody knows what bohemian rhapsody is and to his credit no one will say this definitively but just listening to the interview and the hinting about it i think mike myers threatened to leave the movie if they didn't use bohemian rhapsody i mean he felt that strongly about it and the director didn't give in to mike because oh my gosh we can't lose him for the movie it's like okay mike's pretty funny if he's so hell bent on this, there's probably something to it. The second funny thing, and we could talk this song all day, all day. But but you know, we we both have <laughs> lives. The second thing is, remember the friend that's in the back seat that's drunk that they stop and pick up during that scene. They're driving the car. Yes. There are four of them. He was originally not in that scene, and he read the and and the way they do movie scripts is they print them on different colored paper so that, you know, purple, okay, we're using the purple script. And then when a new script comes out, it's red. And you're like, okay, we got to use red because that's the current script. He read it and said, oh my God, that's the funniest scene. Please put me in it. And he begged and he begged. And so Michael Myers went and rewrote uh, the scene. So they picked him up drunk and uh so he could be in that scene and the the really funny part is when they think he's gonna throw up and they pull over and dana carvey hands him that tiny little cup if you're gonna Harold, do it in this that was all improvised uh and so so literally the rebirth of bohemian rhapsody because i'm older than you so i actually remember when that song came out back in the 70s i mean i was pretty young but your generation that's right it's totally that movie yeah yeah and then
0: when mike myers was in the movie bohemian rhapsody bohemian rhapsody like that was just so cunning i mean because he brought that song back and the fact that he is uh you know he was at the record label the head guy at the record label i mean it was it was too good
1: oh yeah that was that was really cool all right yeah. number 2 what's number 2 on the playlist number 2 Honky Cat by Elton John.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna give me laughing. No,
1: I'm, 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 you know, here at the Chuck Yates Needs a Job podcast, we take very seriously, and we're gonna do the psychoanalysis on why Honky Cat's on the list. But why is Honky Cat on the list?
0: Yeah, so it just brings back a lot of memories. So I love Vegas, and I hadn't been back to Vegas in uh, a year and a half now, with with everything going on. And the first time I ever went to Vegas, um, we had just come out, uh, we, we had, uh, our, our hotel was Caesars. And so you know how Caesars and Bellagio, they kind of have that uh, over the road. Well, we went over the road to Bellagio uh, and you know how they have the Bellagio Fountain. Well, when we went to the Bellagio Fountain, Honky Cat started out. And so it just brings back, Honky Cat for me, first of all, it's got an awesome beat in my opinion. Like, so me, for me, it's not necessarily the lyrics. It's all about, you know, rhythm and beat and sound. Uh, I'm big on that. Uh, There's a lot of songs that Rebecca, my wife, she says, are you even listening to the lyrics? Do you know what this even means? And I say, not really, but it's got a hell of a beat um, and a hell of a song. And there's, you know, there's, there's science to that and why, you know, some songs are successful and some songs aren't. Um, but anyway, that is why, because when I went to Vegas for the first time, I saw, or I not, didn't see, I listened to Honky Cat while the Bellagio Fountains were going. So that was a song playing at the Bellagio Fountains.
1: That's, that, that's really cool. And that is the cool thing about music, that literally it captures a moment and a spirit, if you will. They, you know, they say that when you interact with somebody, people don't remember what you say, they remember the way you made them feel, you know? So we, you know, two years from now, we may not remember anything we said on this podcast, but I'm going to go, man, I had a good time hanging with my buddy, Chad. Um, music does that too. I mean, that captured the way you were feeling right there. Right. And so who cares what the words are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's, That's right. who's three? So three is The Cave by Mumford & Sons. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And and why is uh, that there? That it, that feels like a little bit of a departure. I kind of get Bohemian Rhapsody and Honky Cat being in the same vintage yep. genre, if you want. Yeah. So a lot of these songs, you talk about like how to get yourself out of bed in the
0: morning, and we're talking about like you know uh, what to how to get motivated. If you play these songs in the shower, like you're going to be motivated, buddy. Like it is, I mean, especially the cave, it just like the beat is so amazing and it's that you know, eclectic sound, and those guys just know how to rock and roll, man. And I, uh, I, it's really a pump up song for me. And that's the last two or the last three songs that I have are really pump up songs, the songs, you know, uh, about the playlist. It's like, what are your top picks for 2020? And the reason they're my top picks is because I typically listen to my mo- most music when I'm getting ready in the morning, when I'm in the shower, because it really sets the stage for the day. You want to find songs that aren't depressing, songs that really get you going in the morning. And uh The Cave um really does it for me.
1: The I'm gonna I'm gonna close with something in just a second. So I'm telling myself this so I won't forget. What's the next song on the list?
0: Yep. Staying alive by the Bee Gees. Ah.
1: <laughs> I, so <laughs> Well, okay, not embarrassed to admit I'm it. I'm going get a lot of crap no, 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 in my no, no, playlist. No, no, I no, can't no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You, you and me both. I think I was the largest owner of BG albums um, ever because during the 70s, it was Kiss and the BGs for me. And, you know, people make fun of me for that. You know what your response back is? Your response back is, Literally, go look at the top 500 pop songs from pick a year, 1962 to 1990. Some some vintage in there. Barry Gibb wrote half those songs. I mean, a lot of them are Bee Gees songs. A lot of them are other artists. Mm-hmm. He was simply amazing. And incredible. The, and the other thing I like uh, about the Bee Gees. That I find really cool is go back and listen to their late 60s stuff, you know, like I started a joke, you know. They were, I hate to say this, they were trying to be Beatles light, right? I mean, you know, they and uh and then they really kind of took off with disco and that falsetto singing and all. Uh the story I've heard is that they were in the studio recording an album and they were just messing around, you know. Well, you can tell. Just kind of singing like that. You can That's tell good, by the Chuck. way I use my words. And literally the engineer that they were working with is a Turkish guy and his name's Arif Mardin, And he's Turkish, was supposedly very studious, would wear a suit into the studio to record, very formal I mean, you would almost think he's a professor, a nobleman, supposedly just one of the most amazing engineers, recording engineers, worked for Atlantic, and he was the one that said, oh my gosh, sing like that, let's record it. I mean, it was literally, and, and it's, you, you won't necessarily pick up on that until you go back and you listen. You go play Saturday Night Fever and then go play their, their album from the late 60s, and you're going to go, holy cow, it really is different. And it was literally this uh, this uh, engineer named Martin who was like, "Wow, that's it. That's your hook."
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Barry Gibb is incredible, and then you know, Saturday Saturday Night Fever, man. John Travolta uh, just rocking out to that song right at the beginning of that movie. I mean, that guy's that guy is a man. And that's not where I found the song. I actually found Saturday Night Fever. Uh, quite a bit later after uh, I listened to the song for the first time, but that song just gets you going, man. It just gets you in a good mood and that's what a lot of people need now. So go, go listen to some staying alive. by Bee Gees. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> there you go. So what's song number five? Yeah. Song number five. And then I got a, a, a quick wildcard. All right. I don't know if you do wildcard, but sure. anyway, song number five is Thunderstruck from ACDC. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. so, yeah. so, let me do this. Tell me your wild card, but then I want to uh, then I want to say what I was I was referring to early. Yeah. So what's the, the wild, wild card, card pick? Is I want to rock by <laughs> 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 Twisted Sister.
0: So how is that for? Uh, <laughs> I, I try to do that in the shower, and sometimes I get it. Sometimes my voice cracks, but uh, on command here, uh, I try to do I want to <laughs> rock. But that's that's my last one uh, that I have, but. It didn't make it in the top five, Thunderstruck. There's a story behind it, but I want to hear your story behind it.
1: Okay. First, I will fess up. We are nothing but vulnerable, if nothing else, that Chuck Yates needs a job. And you were so kind to announce your fetish for the Bee Gees. I am going to announce my unnatural man love, and anyone that knows me knows this. It's Brett Michael of Poison, right? I just love <laughs> Brett Michael. I mean, <laughs> there are no two ways about it. I love I've the guy. The pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go to ChuckYatesNeedsAJob.com. I, I think we put the picture up there that I call Brett saying, where's the restraining order? He's just looking at me like, oh, God, get this guy away <laughs> from me. But one of the – I was mad at the time. Now I find the humor in it. D. Schneider, the lead singer of Twisted Sister, said yep. – said, every rose has its thorn by poison is what killed rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's actually what I want to say on a very serious note, listening to your, to your podcast, or listening to your playlist, and hearing you talk about it, and literally the last hour of us talking together, and I'm not going to do a, a good enough job articulating it, but I really mean this. Dude, this has been like a shot in the arm. I mean, this has been a rush of adrenaline. And the way you have presented, you know, you lose your job, you get up the next morning, you put on a suit, you call people you know, you do this. I actually kind of needed this kick in the butt. And what I think is really cool about it is... You're sitting there barking it at me and you did a really good job of of the line of, I'm going to be firm, but at the same time, I get you're going through some shit. And what's cool is it manifested itself in your playlist and it feels like it manifests itself in your life. I mean, you're sitting there saying, this is what I put on in the shower in the morning when I get up and go seize the day. And I think that's just really cool and... I want to give you big props for that because I like guys that are genuine and practice what they preach and all that. So, uh, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I hope I hope it's helped. Um, it, it certainly
0: helped me. I mean, look, it wasn't it wasn't warm and fuzzies. I mean, I remember when I started my recruiting firm, it was month eight. I had two thousand dollars in my bank account. You know, month nine. We made $107,000, and it really skyrocketed us to make something great because we knew we had a great product. But I've been down in the dumps, man, and it, it's not fun at all. But, man, if you can just start your – like, you make your bet. If you can start your day with something motivating, is as, as crappy as you feel, man, if you can start something with, like, freaking thunderstruck, oh, 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 thunder, like – man, just get going. I mean, God, you can kick that day's ass. And so hopefully that has inspired all your listeners to go
1: out and do that. Just that. Chad Spencer, you're awesome, man. I, uh, (laughs) I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you, uh, you taking the time out of your day to come in. How do, uh, folks want to talk to you, get in touch? How do they get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm assuming you're going to post this and everything. I'm going to create a site um, directly. I haven't done it yet, but I'm uh, when you put this out, I'll have the site created. And so they can click on the site. I'm actually doing a two week intensive. You talked about jobs. And so I'm going to do a coaching call for uh, every week for job seekers. I'm going to do it on Zoom. So in the next eight weeks, I'm not doing this. I'm doing this for free. Uh, I may set up like a charity account and just give all the money away. I'm not looking to make money for this, but there's a lot of people out there that need help. They need inspiration and they need coaching. They need guidance. And so I'm going to do it for the next eight weeks, starting next week. And so I'll give you the site to sign up. All you do is put your name and email, you get notified. And also for everybody listening to this, I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you my program, my job seeker program. And, uh, if you're in the eight week intensive, you can get access to that absolutely free. And, uh, so, so, so uh, eight I'll, week I'll make can, that site.
1: Eight week intensive starts January 25th. Yeah. Is January that correct? January 25th. Yeah, and, that's and right. And if this thing pops out kind of uh, before then, which I think it will, and you haven't set up or, you know, we can't announce now what the site is because you're setting up, how do they get to that site? Do they hook up with you on LinkedIn? How do they get there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So shoot me a note on LinkedIn, shoot me a direct message on LinkedIn. You can, you know, I have it open. So you don't have to send in mails or anything like that. Uh, Or you can send me an email. I'll just give everybody my email here. It's just, really simple Spencer at hazeltineadvisors.com h-a-z-e-l-t-i-n-e advisors plural.com um I, you know and shoot me a note let me know you want to be involved uh, but hopefully i'll have that link up quickly and you can just put your name and email in and you'll get notified you'll get an automated email um, that you're signed up and you'll get you know you'll get uh, the link for the zoom you'll get all that stuff for the zoom uh, and you can just come on and, uh, and here I will say this, you know, a lot of people, you know, they sign up for stuff and don't, uh, uh they don't actually join. Like typically when I have a hundred people on a webinar, maybe 40 join live, you know, I know things come up, but make, you know, if you're really struggling right now, you're struggling to find a job, make sure you're on that intensive. It's free. And I don't typically like doing things for free because people don't value it and they don't do it, but I am willing to do this for free. And uh, if we do raise any money for it, I'm just going to donate it to, you know, groups like Youth Development Center and, and Small Steps and all that good stuff. So anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, there'll be a site up, but shoot me a note on LinkedIn or email. Chad Spencer, very, very cool of you to join. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Chuck. This has been a blast.